Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Over the past few weeks, we have been reading stories from John's Gospel. And these stories have, you could say, spiritually speaking, building upon each other. For the past few weeks, we heard the story of the woman at the well, and Jesus presented himself as the water for a thirsting soul. Last week, it was the story of the man born blind. Jesus presented himself as a light for sin-sick eyes. Finally, today, we have the story of the raising of Lazarus, where Jesus presents himself as the resurrection and life for dying. And so we have thirst, blindness, and death. They are all metaphors for the spiritual dysfunctional life we find ourselves in because of sin. We are thirsty, but nothing in this world can satisfy that thirst. We are blind, and nothing in this world, as far as medicine, can heal us. We are dead and we can't bring ourselves back to life. Now, this acknowledgement of powerlessness is very important because we put such a high premium of self-direction. It's my life. I do what I want. Well, this is repugnant to a Catholic spirituality, which is really based upon our incapacity to save ourselves. It's based upon our need for a Savior. If we were able to save ourselves, we wouldn't need a Savior. And yet we do. Now, if you look at the Gospels, there are three raisings from the dead. The first is the daughter of Jairus, in which Jesus says to the girl, Little girl, get up. The second is the son of Nahum. The widow loses her young son. Moved with pity, Jesus raises him up from the dead. The third is Lazarus. Each of these, St. Augustine would argue, symbolically represent different levels of spiritual disorder. Think of the little girl. She's very young, and she's still in her house. She represents, Augustine would say, the first stirring of sin. The young man, he is out of his house. He stands for a serious type of sin that has made its way into the world. Lazarus is a grown man, and for four days he is in the tomb. He stands for someone who is totally consumed with sin and is dead in the spiritual life. Now, it's very interesting, St. Augustine's take on this. Now, watch how Jesus relates to these three figures. He deals with them in different ways, in different strategies between these people because they're at different levels of faith as well as different levels of dysfunctionality in their sin. But for our purposes today, we're just going to look at how he deals with Lazarus. Now, Jesus is dealing with someone that is totally spiritually dead. See, that's what four days in the ancient world meant. He was four days in the tomb, which means his life is irretrievable. Jesus approaches the tomb, and he sees Martha and Mary weeping. 
Now, in the gospel, it says, he became perturbed and deeply troubled. Now, stay with that image. Remember, Jesus took on our human nature in all of its particularity, which means Jesus is the second person of the Holy Trinity. And now God has felt what it is like to lose a friend. I do mean that exactly the way we would, physically, emotionally, and psychologically, in every sense of the term. Any of us who have ever been through that awful experience of losing a loved one, it affects us psychologically and physically, and it takes months, even years, to recover from that loss. Now stay with that image of Jesus entering into that experience. He even began to weep, it says in the story. Now, there's three times in the gospel that Jesus is described as weeping. First, over Jerusalem, for its lack of faith. Second, at Gethsemane, in fear and sorrow for the burden that he is going to have to take in his passion, death. And third, here at the tomb of Lazarus. Now, again, stay with that image. Draw yourself closer to Jesus Christ. Here, God is weeping in sorrow over sin and death. God now feels physically for the loss of a friend. God, he weeps due to our sin. What really is sin? It's a loss of friendship with God. And so God responds with pain to the point of tears. Now, the next time you feel lighthearted about your sin, Stay and imagine with Jesus weeping at the tomb of Lazarus. He's weeping for the loss of friendship because of our sinfulness. Now, Jesus asks Mary and Martha, where have you laid him? Now, God is searching for his lost friend. Now, remember the story of creation? When Adam and Eve has sinned, they hide from God because they now fear God. And yet, before the fall of grace, they were friends with God. They walked in easy fellowship in the cool evening of the garden with God. But having sinned, they flee from God, and God comes looking for them. See, that's precisely what's going on here in this story. God and Jesus Christ is looking for Lazarus, but also he's looking for you and me because our sin has caused us to wander away. And so Jesus comes to the tomb, and it says he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now stay for a moment with that loud voice of Jesus Christ. It reminds us of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 16. Paul writes, For the Lord will come down from heaven, and with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet call of God, the dead will rise. Well, this is a great scene of God calling us out of our graves bringing us to eternal life. More to it, what John is doing here, he's reaching all the way back, back to the story of creation. How does God create this entire universe, and you and I, through the word of God? God speaks and things come into being. There is a power, a creative as well as a life-giving power that is associated with God's word. God says, let there be light, and suddenly light comes into this universe. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. And so what's happening is through the power of God's word, there's a creative 
and life-giving association with it. Well, what John is doing, he's reaching all the way back and he's bringing the story of creation and he's putting it parallel to this story of Lazarus as if they're linked up. And so what you see on display, again, is the Word of God. And the Word of God has a creative and a life-giving power associated with it, such that when Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb, immediately he's recreated and he comes to life, just as it did in the story of creation with this entire universe. And so God is nothing but life, and he wants nothing more than to give us life. Now, what does this mean for us? Well, at the end of our life in this world, God calls out to us, just like he did with Lazarus. And in doing so, it has a power to recreate us, a power to generate new life in us. And in doing so, we leave this world, and now we are called to the world to come, the world we are all tending to, which is the world heaven. And that's where God wants all of us to be. And that's where he calls us to be at the end of our life just as he does here with Lazarus. Now, one last thing to think about. Jesus commands the people, untie him. Now, it was a common custom in the ancient world, a Jewish custom, to anoint the dead body and then wrap it up in a shroud before burial. So Jesus commands the people to untie him, release him from those bounds. Well, Lazarus is no longer dead. Therefore, he is no longer in need of these burial clothes. He's alive. Now, what does this mean to us, spiritually speaking? Just as Lazarus is no longer bound by the grip of death, nor are we. We are no longer held hostage by death. Instead, Jesus has untied or cut our bonds. The bonds of death that once had a grip over us, no longer. And now we are truly free, free to have life and life in abundance through the power as well as the word of God. Friends, just one programming note. I am now videotaping my masses and they can be seen on the websites of St. Paul in Genesee Depot, Wisconsin, United States of America, as well as St. Bruno, Wisconsin, in the United States of America. Please log on to these websites for my weekend Masses as well as my daily Mass on Wednesdays. In addition to that, each day I will have some spiritual thoughts described or themed by Stay Spiritually Strong. They are essentially scripture pieces talking about the lives of the saints and other topics that are pertinent, especially now as we deal with this pandemic of the coronavirus. In addition to, please continue to listen to my website, No Spin Homilies, for weekly homilies of the scripture readings each weekend. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.